everyone. On this episode, we talk about the idea of how family doesn't always have to be blood, how goals shift over time, and how your household growing up influences you later in life. We also hit on going deeper with people that you care about, going below the surface to find out what's really going on with them, and what masculinity means to us. I hope you enjoy. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Journey with Jared podcast. Today, we have Nuke Hamian on for episode three. Nuke, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. How are you? <laughs> really good. Awesome. Um, so, like I was saying before, when I forgot to turn the camera on and we restarted. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, started the Journey with Jared podcast basically because I was going through what I was calling my quarter life crisis, mm. you know, not really knowing um, what I wanted to do with my life. Um, knew I wanted to make some changes, but had no idea what direction and wasn't sure if the direction that I was on was the right one. Mm. Uh, the more I started talking to people about it, though, the more I realized other people are going through something very similar, if not the exact same. So I decided to talk to people about it and put it on the record. And here we are with the podcast. Love it. Here we go. So where we're going to start, though, is um, just learning a little bit about you. We're going to start at the beginning of your journey. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, um, you as a kid, where you grew up, things like that. Wow. That's OK. Here we go. Um, so <laughs> I grew up. I grew up all over the world, actually, man. Uh, Mom and dad are both born and raised Ghana, West Coast Africa. And so I was born there. And then um, then I think around 80, I was born in 87. So 86, my dad left Ghana to go to Edmonton to finish his master's. And then within a year of me being born or so, mom and I moved to Edmonton to be with dad. And so then we were there for five years. My sister was born in Edmonton, 89. Then we all went to California for two years. Dad finished his PhD. Then came to Calgary, three years. By then, middle of grade five, we take off to the Middle East. Dad said we'd be there for two years. And here we are, 2020, and they're still there. So, um, you know, and then along there, pepper, pepper in like, going to Thailand and Singapore and traveling all over the Middle East for rugby and what have you. So, for, so that was with rugby or for family vacations? A little, a little bit, bit of both. both. Okay. A little bit of both. Yeah. And so my worldview and perspective has always been very, I would say, um, heightened, mm -hmm. very aware of, I don't want to say privileged, but of my blessings and the experiences that I was able to have at a very young age. Um, but at the same time, I would say but and at the same time kind of gave me kind of a feeling of like where's home because I've never grown yeah. up in a place and say like this is my bedroom since I was five yeah no like and I so so I learned very quickly home is wherever where you put your head on the pillow you know okay. and also that family doesn't always have to be blood family sometimes can be some of your best friends family like there's definitely that element of chosen family and then your blood family mm -hmm. when so, yeah. when did you kind of come to those realizations i would say definitely once i left high school and i was on my own um and i graduated i was i went to cooking school in pei and again like you just learn that like that family sometimes not sometimes can't always be around yeah and you know what i would even say it even went back further because growing up all over the world our blood family was sitting all in ghana yeah so 
a lot of the friends that I made weren't of my complexion. Yeah. You know? And some of those people to this day, I have nothing but love and respect for. So, so I would say subconsciously I was aware of it back then, but it didn't really kick in until I was literally on my own, 18, 19, mm -hmm. figuring things out for myself. And you realize, okay, like this is what it means to be on your own, you know? And again, yeah. sometimes family isn't always blood. Yeah. 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 That's, I, I love that. And just hearing, mm -hmm. having that positive attitude about it too. And when you look back on it, are you glad now that you traveled around so much when you were young? Yeah. A hundred percent, dude. Yeah. And um, again, it, it gave me a great foundation to know like there's more than, there's more out there than what is currently in front of me. Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people sometimes they're not aware of what's out there yeah. and they think that what's in front of them is just the reality. Yeah. And I think that can be um, not a scary place, but it could be an unfortunate place because there's so much there's so much out there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and your willingness to be okay with that says a lot about your character. For sure. Yeah. And so when you were a kid, mm. what was what was your dream job? What was the answer to when I when I grow <laughs> when you grow up, what are you gonna be? Hundred percent, man. It was a lot of things, dude. I wanted to be an actor. Okay. Uh I wanted to be a fighter fighter. I wanted to fly Dude, I remember, I remember my dad taking me to an air show okay. and seeing a stealth bomber, all black, yeah. sitting on the tarmac, and then it was getting ready to take off, and, and maybe it was a, an, either an F-15 or an F-22 taking off, and, and you, like, you see it soar, then you watch it take off, and I was like, I want one of those. <laughs> yeah. And so for the longest time, I always thought, like, yo, I'm going to fly one of those, and then and then, dare I say, you start maturing, you start getting a little bit older, and it goes from like here to here to here. And I don't, I like to think maybe one day I could fly one. Yeah. For fun, yeah. for shits and giggles, but to do it as a profession, let's say. Yeah. No. And that's, yeah. that's something really interesting too, and I was talking a couple episodes to Steve about it. Mm. Um, is the idea of that shrinking, yes. that shrinking goal, you know, yeah. like of what's your dream job when you're a kid and you know, it's these huge, you know, huge goals. And then as we get older, they seem to go narrower and narrower, less ambitious. Yep. And I'd never asked the question before of, is that you telling yourself that you're not able to achieve it or, you know, society telling you that that's not realistic, you need to reel it in. Have you ever thought about that before? Dude, 100%. And that's super good because um, the part, the thing that comes to mind is um, for myself, I would say one, it was personal. Okay. It was one be like, okay, like that's not realistic anymore. Like, like in order for me to be a firefighter, I'd have to go like go into the army and da 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 and all this, and that could mean death, and and I don't know if I want to die yet, and <laughs> yeah. so like, okay, not doing that, yeah, you know. And then there's other things where where yeah, like teachers or people or even parents subconsciously, and whether or not they're aware of it or not, say like, you're not smart enough for that, yeah, or like you know what I mean, and yeah. and and it may be innocent at the time, but for a kid, yeah. You hear that, and for whatever reason, it lands with you, and you're like, okay. So right off the bat, it might be here, 
and then someone says something you're like hmm yeah right this this adult this person that knows more than me exactly you know they're more believable than i am and so if they think that i can't do it then right you know obviously that's not realistic and for so sure I need to change yeah right yeah and and again i, I say that I say that knowing full well that sometimes these things are said in passing yeah. or as a joke or whatever the case might be. However, at that age, we're yeah. so impressionable. And I don't think enough of the people that are in leadership positions or teaching or coaching positions are aware of how powerful the words are. For sure. Because I think, it, I think those are the people that are in charge at, that, at such a young age should be just blowing up our confidence in yeah. healthy ways. Yeah. So that then we can be like, yo, I have the self-image. I have the wherewithal. I have the ability to do literally whatever I can imagine in my head. For sure. Yeah, like the, the saying that pops into my mind this mm. whole time is, you know, like, aim for aim for the moon and so even if you miss you know you're gonna land amongst the stars yeah especially when you're so yeah you don't know your potential right? exactly exactly and so why not shoot super high and even if you miss it by a little bit you know yeah. that might still be you know light years ahead of where you're shooting now yes you know like yes. even the the field of play that you decided you know that you're good enough for mm -hmm. um you know your potential might be so much higher above that yep yeah now what about just you as a kid what kind of kid were you what were you into dude me as a kid dude i had energy <laughs> yeah i had all the energy um dude i remember one point in time in my life i remember being in like soccer basketball swimming karate skating class school you know what yeah. i mean and still finding time to play with the boys yeah and coming home and being like, I'm not tired. <laughs> yeah. I'm not tired. Yeah. You know? Um, my childhood was amazing. My parents did, they afforded me every activity that I wanted to do. Um, it was loving. It was great. Uh, mom was at home most of the time. She didn't have to work. Um, there was always a hot meal. Um, it was always a safe place to come home to. I could always bring my friends over. Um, and even from a young age, it was like, hey, come over, like, we can feed you. And then my mom would be like, what are you, why is everyone here? Because <laughs> yeah. we're having lunch. And my mom was like, I didn't know that. And she, yeah. So mom would like, she'd make something and it was, and it always worked out. But yeah. mom was always like, you were just always the ones who were like, hey, come over, like, yeah. and just give and share and community and what, and little did I know back then it was community and connection and wanting to foster this because I had a safe environment that was loving and peaceful that I wanted to bring people to that. Yeah. You know, and and even now, like, I'm, I'm definitely in a more mature way, like, with my boys and who I'm close with, it's always like, hey, like, let's connect, let's hang out, like, let's bring what you have and what I have and, and we, can, we can partake together. Yeah. And so, yeah, definitely, ch childhood was fun. What, were there moments where it was like, um, frustrating or sad yeah but there was more happy times yeah so yeah that's, that's so good to hear and it mm -hmm. makes it makes a lot of sense actually too and another <laughs> thing well just knowing you for i mean <laughs> what what seems like a long time and yeah. it's really only been probably what about six months or so yeah maybe you know and just you always being so upbeat so positive so driven you know so loving so giving right <laughs> thanks man is hearing that that came from your household right and the type mm. of environment that you were raised in mm. and that was another thing of once i started realizing it of 
just how much we take away from our parents. 100%. Right? And sometimes people go automatically the complete opposite way, but that's still, you know, as influenced as you can be from your parents. Yeah. Right? For and sure. So, yeah. Um, and dude, I love that you brought that up because I would say a lot of who I am is from my parents, mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Like, I got nothing but love and respect for both of my parents. And, um, and like, real quick, like, I know, like, from my dad, he always taught me, like, hard work. If you say something, like you follow through, yeah. be on time. If you're on time, you're late. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Stuff like that. And then my mom was, oh, my mom's always been like this nurturing, loving, like giggles, have fun, um, make sure everyone's kind of fed, everyone's in their, you know? And my mom's always the one like to always come from like a Christian and godly perspective, like, have you prayed about that? Or yeah. you know what I mean? Or, yeah. Have you asked your heavenly father? I'm like, no, mom, I haven't. She's like, well, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, okay, cool. Then my dad's more like the scientific and yeah, he believes, but he'll be like, well, logically and you know, or he'll be like, don't yeah. insult my intelligence. I'm like, okay, sorry yeah. pops. <laughs> you know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah. um, I've de- I would say I've taken the best virtues of both of them and kind of yeah. made them my own and discarded the ones that I don't want to engage in, which sometimes is interesting because yeah. Something that I'm learning right now is everything comes back to your nervous system okay. and your childhood, you know? And there are times where I'll say or do something that isn't the cautious nuke of 2020. Yeah. It's the six-year-old nuke. You know what I mean? And it's, it's becoming aware of that and being conscious of that decision to now be intentional about my decision-making now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. Understanding where, you know, where, what's going into that decision and, yes. you know, not just at the surface level of, you know, what experiences am I bringing, who am I showing up as in this, you know, in this decision. Mm-hmm. Makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Amen. So what are you doing now? Uh, <laughs> I'm hanging out with you, man. Yeah. <laughs> doing this sweet podcast. Um, or do you mean like outside of that? Outside of that, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, dude, I'm doing so much, man. So, um, you're aware of our King of Hearts yep. initiative, our men's mental health, which is awesome. And I don't even know where to start with that, but yeah, kind of tell us the story of how that started. Okay, uh, so King of Hearts started. It was there was three or four of us guys getting together: myself, Andy Sohan, another friend of ours, Sanjeev, and originally the intent was a business mastermind. Let's talk business. How to move ourselves forward? What are you doing? What am I doing? Cross pollination. Yeah. Coming out of that night, or during that night, one of the boys just got super vulnerable. I was like, "Boys, I can't talk about business. This is on my heart." And we, and he, and he said what he said, and we all looked at him and we we're like, "You struggle with that, dude, but you're like so polished and you're so yeah. like just swag." And then next to him was like me too. And we're like, "What? No way, you!" <laughs> yeah. Next to him, you. And then lastly, like me too. I was like huh so we're all struggling with this yeah yet none of us talk about it why yeah you know yeah so then began this whole journey of doing the work of like hey how are you physically spiritually mentally emotionally so like you know what i mean just asking these questions that all of us when we put our head on the pillow or asking ourselves every night, yeah. but we're not talking to, to the boys or to our family for fear of not having it all together, for, sure. for fear of weakness, for fear of being vulnerable and not being weak or whatever the yeah. case might be. Yeah. So dude, that turned into once a week, Yeah. we would do that. Similar to like our men's group. Yeah. Like we, 
once a week, every Tuesday, we'd meet up, hey, and we'd all four of us sit there, how you doing? Physically, spiritually, go through it. And hey man, you wanna talk about anything? Very similar to what we do with our men's group. Yeah. And, uh, and so that happened for six months to a year, and then coming out of that, we were like, yo, if this is working for us so well, how many guys outside of the four of us are yearning and desiring for such connection, community, accountability, a safe space to communicate these things? Yeah. I would say that was probably the the thing that shocked me the most <laughs> on that first. I went to that first heart to heart with yes. the King of Hearts. I met all of you guys. Yeah. And again, I had no idea of walking in what to expect. You know, mm. there wasn't a ton of details like modern masculinity. And like, mm. I don't even know what that means, but you know, I'm going down this path <laughs> of self-discovery and I'm just yeah. trying a bunch of shit. And so I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna show up. Yep. And it blew my mind. I was like, other people go through this? Like, mm. what do you mean other people, like other, other men have body, you know, body image issues yeah. or they feel like they're not good enough or they actually have no confidence or whatever it might be. Yeah. It's like, no, no, I'm the only one that has that. No, if nobody else understands. If only I could be that guy over there because he doesn't deal with all of that. And then you realize everybody has their own shit. For Everyone's sure. going through it. For sure. Yeah. Dude, and I love that you say that because, yeah. again, that's what King of Hearts is all about. It's just being like, hey, like, we're all dealing with this stuff. Yeah. You know, and the thing that I've learned is if there's a safe enough environment, you will confess that. Yeah. If it isn't, especially for a guy, you won't because that is a reflection of your masculinity and da 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 da, and the tape player goes and then, yeah. right? I think that first step too is so <laughs> tough. Go on. Of like you said, when you guys were in a group mm. and just one of the guys, just I can't talk about business. I I have this in my heart yeah. and I need to bring it out. Mm. Taking that first step is hard. Yes. And especially with it's it's funny for me, especially with people that you've known for a really long time. Yes. Right? Yep. Like your boys that you've known for a decade. Mm -hmm. That's a different dynamic. You don't yep. talk about that. Yep. And it's almost sometimes easier to do it with strangers. You know, going there and not knowing any of you, there's no there's no baggage on yes. you know, who Jared is. I can just be, right? I totally. don't have to, you know, I can say how I'm actually feeling. We can set that, that that's what the relationship looks like from the beginning of, mm -hmm. I'm just gonna be real with you. We're gonna talk about, you know, real stuff, not not just surface level, not just, you know, talk sports or talk about yeah. how was your day or whatever it might be. Like actually get into it, actually mm -hmm. talk about the things that I care about, the things that I'm going through and so, that's been that's been an interesting one is changing that dynamic for past relationships or existing relationships um, because that's almost now what I crave. Yeah, like I don't want to talk about this. Like this doesn't do anything for me. Like just shooting the shit. You know, sometimes of course, like it's just nice to shoot the shit. But it's like okay, no, I actually want to, you know, tell you how I'm actually feeling, not just for say sure. good and move on, right? And yeah, Jared, so. I, th I think. There's two things I want to touch on that you brought up here, which is great because I think for, for uh, let's just say for the guys, because we're both guys. Yeah. You know, when you're hanging out with the boys, there's a certain assumption that, hey, when it's in a group setting with all the boys, that stuff is too vulnerable and or they don't want to talk about it. Yeah. But with the boys, let's keep it light. Let's keep it fun. Shits and giggles. Ha, ha, that's what it is. Yeah. 
versus maybe if it's one on one, you might disclose a little bit of that deeper stuff because, you know, you don't want all the boys to know that, hey, I'm struggling with body dysmorphia. Yeah. You know, because I can say for me, that's what it would have been in the past, you know. Um, and on top of that, it was like, I don't know. I don't know what, what the boys are going to think. Yeah. Right now, the boys think I'm this cool guy. That's why we're friends. I'm cool. I don't talk about my stuff. You don't talk about your stuff. Okay, cool. That's what it is. You know, and, and slowly and surely I've learned like, yo, the boys that are your boys, they're the ones that will probe and be like, yo, man, like, how are you actually? Yeah. Like outside of you killing it in your world, how are you internally? Yeah. And that's who I've chosen to be my boys now that are willing to be like, dude, like you good? Like what's going on? Yeah. Cause you know, those are the guys that care about you and it's not, they're not just there for the tea party. Yeah. Yeah. Right, they're there when you're just you just got your heart broke, yeah, and you want to ball your eyes out and they're like, "Yo, I got you, man. Here's your shoulder. Get on it." Yeah, those are the boys. Yeah, so I I love that you brought changing your dynamics versus just keeping the past, but then also, man, like it's and it's, this is from a documentary, not documentary, Justin Baldoni, his series, okay. and one of the forgive me, the doctor, the professor was saying that for guys, man. Guys will, and don't quote me on this list, but barber, bartender, priest. Have you heard of this? Yes, yeah. They'll rather talk to those three before talking to anybody in their family. Yeah. Or even or even, or even the boys. So, and you, and you alluded to it. With those three, I can verbal diarrhea to everything, and there's no accountability. You won't really gut check me. Yeah. And, and most likely, you don't know anybody that I'm talking about, or you won't relay what I've just told you. Yeah. So right off the bat, that tells me that guys are wanting to talk and get it off their chest. Yeah. However, there's not a safe enough environment in their life where they feel that they can communicate that and their masculinity not be challenged. For sure. That's the caveat. Your masculinity won't be challenged. And I think that's such a tough one too, right? 100%. You're always told like, no, you gotta be strong, you gotta be tough, you gotta not show emotion, unless it's anger, yes. right? You know, that's really the only acceptable emotion is anger. Yes. Right? Um, and when you're talking of almost like showing up as a character, mm-hmm. right, to, you know, to whoever it might be, like, I am this character and that's how people see me and that's yes. how I need to act. I can't break that narrative, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So that one, that one really hit hard for sure. Hmm. No, um, I think one of the the biggest ones for for me too was when I first heard of the King of Hearts and I first came to that first meetup. I was surprised there were women there. Yes, right, and that was a Why? big one. I it so okay feeling safe, feeling in a safe mm. space of okay, well, I can't be vulnerable in front of women. Yeah. You know, they're not going to see me as manly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right? And so changing even that dynamic yes. of, of what is a strong man or what is manly. Right. Exactly, dude. Yeah. Um, and, but this last one that I went to mm. was, it hit me the hardest where there were a couple of girls there um, and it was their first time mm-hmm. and they were, their minds were just blowing with like, wait, guys are like self-conscious about themselves. Like (laughs) Like just, they didn't even think it was in the realm of possibilities. Right. Um, and just how far away that is from the truth. Yep. So I'm, I'm really glad that you're doing some of that work. We're trying, man. And and again, like, and for me, the challenge right now is 
trying to think back to where that narrative started for me like like was it in was it in elementary was it in junior high this notion that only guys are or only gals have doubts or insecurities yeah, yeah. boys don't you know um only women cry men don't and i'm like yeah. and like now it makes so much sense because i'm like that's not the way you were born yeah we were born with every single emotion yeah you're born with only two fears loud noise fear of falling yeah everything else is acquired so in my mind i'm like i'm always trying to think like hmm where where did that happen for me specifically but then too moving forward whenever i get around kids especially i'm always trying to pour belief and love and not speak doubt into them yeah. but to be like hey like dude you're allowed to feel that man get it out yeah because that's the reality of it i don't want you to squash something for fear of you expressing yourself yeah because it only leads to you being an adult and not expressing it and then what happens when life happens you revert back to your nervous system of a six-year-old yeah. so yeah i'm in a 30-year-old body but I have the emotional intelligence and capacity of a six-year-old. Yeah. Disconnect. For sure. And so you guys, <laughs> you guys have done a couple workshops with high school kids. Yeah. Tell me about those. Like how, how did they, some of the things that you did with them, I mean, that's a tough age, right? You know, yeah. all of us that went through it is such a hard, hard age and totally, especially topics like this. Yes. Right. Tell me some of the things that you did with them okay. and some of their reactions. Cool. Yeah. So one of the things, we, one of the exercises we did was we, we, we talked to them about our version of the King's Code. Okay. Right? And again, don't quote me on this. I don't remember it word for word. But like one of, the, one, one of them would have been like, a king says what he means. And yeah, says what he means. And if he says he's going to do something, he follows through. Yeah. Right? And then we got the guys to be like, okay, like, what does that mean to you? And he started listing off things. And you know what I mean? Then another one was um, a king is all about community and taking care of his own. What does that mean to you? And then you get the guy, then you get the boys asking like, does like being, does being a part of church count? That's, that's community. And then one of the boys is really cute. Does like shoveling, <laughs> does shoveling your neighbor's sidewalk count? <laughs> yeah, boys, that's yeah. a sense of community. That's a sense of giving. Yeah. And, and it's like, boys, like that's what it, it doesn't have to be this grandiose big thing. It can be these little things that happen. It can even be in the corridor when you see another guy and maybe he's struggling. You going over and be like, hey, man, you okay? That counts as well. And you see these guys be like, okay. Like, it doesn't have to be this weird, awkward thing that guys don't show emotion. Yeah. Because literally that's where it's starting. It's fostering there. A cool exercise we did was eye gazing. Yes. <laughs> so we got these yeah. boys in two rows and got them to eye gaze. And Jared, it was amazing because part of it, you see, you see them get squirmy and giggle. And it was cool because, again, for a lot of these boys, they've never made eye contact with another with another guy and it maybe not be aggressive it not be like a standoff you know what i mean yeah and that's the thing that i'm learning about eye gazing it's like how many 
times, how many interactions in the day are we eye gazing or making eye contact with somebody, male or female, and it being genuine. Yeah. It being sincere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Most people can't even hold eye contact to have a conversation. Yeah. And you see where it starts in the classroom sometimes. So it was cool to see these guys do that. And then it was very interesting because at one point in time, we got them to reach over to their, to their opposite and be like, hey, I see you. Yeah. And I'm here for you. And you got some boys that were like, no, not doing that. Yeah. No. And it was like, okay, cool. Like, we respect you. You're not going to do that. You know? And then you got other guys being like, no homo, but I got you. And it was like, boys, no yeah. one said anything about that. Yeah. So you can get rid of that verbiage because no one said anything about that. Nobody cares about that in this context. Yeah. This is about looking at another man, another king, and be like, hey, man, I see you. And I got you. Yeah. What does that have to, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you see a lot of me like, okay, sorry. It's like, yep, all good. Innocent mistake. But again, this is where it starts. Yeah. These humble beginnings. Because then guess what? If we hadn't, for them, for him, it would have been like, huh, that's okay. Or yeah. that's the narrative. That's a tape player that keeps getting played. Yeah. So coming out of that exercise, we asked the boys, hey, who was awkward? Yeah. Who felt giddy? They all put their hands up. Yeah. And, and like the joke for, the joke between myself, Andy, and Day at the time was like, Haha, we were watching and it was weird and awkward. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and with that being said, we're like, boys, you're allowed to feel these things. Yeah. It's okay that it's awkward. It's okay that it's awkward. Yeah. It doesn't get, and I told him, it doesn't get any easier. Yeah. Now, now, now throw into the fray a girl that you like. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. And it's, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? But what we were saying is, boys, feel what you feel. Feel awkward, feel scared, have butterflies, but you still do the right thing regardless. For sure. Brother, I got you. Yeah. I see you. Yeah. With that, that eye gazing, it mm. was, I had always considered myself, you know, I'd always heard the like, look at someone, you know, look someone in the eyes when you're talking to them. Yeah. I'd always heard that and I thought I was pretty good at it. <laughs> yeah. And then I can't remember where it was specifically, mm. but we did an eye gazing exercise mm. and the difference of actually staring at somebody like especially another man in the eyes nice. and not saying anything yes like the emotions that go through your mind are crazy like the first one i i was totally squirming <laughs> on the inside like i was like scared yes. like, this is the weirdest sensation i've ever felt right why is that um i can't remember who it said who said it it might have been Dea said mm. it to me but is basically you can almost when you're doing that see the emotion or see the person's soul in behind mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. and there was a lot of fear mm. and there wasn't any there wasn't any mask to hide it yeah. there wasn't me being able to joke around or look away or you know talk about something else it's like no i'm just staring at you i can't i can't give you any other cue other than just looking at you mm -hmm. right and almost having that shield come down a little bit yeah. that emotional shield so it was it was really interesting yeah i love that that's gold yeah, yeah. that's absolute gold so switching a little bit here yep in your life mm. have you ever felt lost or stuck um didn't know which way to go or fork in the road um tell us a little bit about that and what you did and how you got through that for the record all the time yeah <laughs> <laughs> all yeah. the time yeah and um you know I would say the fork in the road is, dude, I can remember being in high school, 
or even junior high and being like, what am I doing here? Like, I don't belong here. And, but in, just- In what way? Like, dude, I've never, and again, it's a tape player I'm trying to change. But academically, I just, I wasn't, I never applied myself. I wasn't smart, you know? And I, I, I realized really, really quickly that I was good at sports and drama. Okay. So th- that's where I excelled. So I was a drama student, I was in theater, I was soccer, basketball, I was playing rugby. I excelled in those, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so again, like being in the fucking room, be like, okay, like, who are you? Like, what are you doing? You know, I, I remember, I remember my dad one time after after coming, after parent-teacher interview, he's like, listen, if you're not going to be like an A student, that's fine. That's not who you are, but don't be disruptive. You know, and I look back now, it's like the Joker mask. Don't be a Joker. Yeah. You know, show up, do what you must, participate, on to the next. And that really solidified for me because I looked up to my dad and I always thought like I had to be academic t- to be somebody. Yeah. Versus now I was like, okay, I can be who I am. I'll try my, I'll do my best. And within that, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So that was one fork in the road back then. Yeah. You know, then it was that million dollar question. What are you doing with your life out of high school? And I was like, I don't freaking know. Yeah. You know, so I went to cooking school. That's what I did. And even halfway through cooking school, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I don't like that lifestyle. I don't want to be in there like with that. So another fork in the road. So went back to school. Went to Mount Royal, started doing Kinesis. Halfway through Kinesis. I don't know if I want to. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do this. What am I doing with my life? Yeah. Lifestyle, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What am I doing? You know? And Jared, I can tell you even now with, with King of Hearts, with working at Little Lemon, with being at National, with working on entrepreneurship and mentorship and what have you, with coaching with Andy. Dude, all the time I'm asking myself, what am I doing? You know? And the one thing that always comes to mind is, is this bringing me closer, for me? Yeah. Is this bringing me closer to truth, love, and positivity? Okay. Right? And, I've, and, I, and I figured out real quick, those are my three words. Also, my motto is aspire to inspire before I expire. Okay. I figured that out a long time ago. And ever since, Jared, that's kind of been my North Star, my compass. How did you find those three words and that motto? Mm, well, <laughs> that's good. It's good. Um, those three words, dude, I would say um, love and truth, definitely some biblical terms, but they can also be universal. Right now, the faith that I believe in, Christianity, reading that and just, um, you know, just distilling that information out and pulling out of it, love and truth. And I love that because that doesn't need any major religion. It doesn't, everybody's looking for that. We're all looking for that. We all want love in some capacity. We're all looking for what's true, what's right, however that looks. And then the positivity factor was just, Yo, like I just when I'm at my best, I'm laughing, I'm giggling, I'm dancing, I'm having fun, and I and and I attract those type of people in my life. And I just realized, whenever I was winning in life, in whatever arena, I was being positive. Yeah, you know, I was being a beat. I was having fun. So for me, I just 
I would say in the last five years really solidified those are my three words. And I love the number three, and I'm the third podcast, which I just realized. <laughs> but yeah, those are my three words that I just know like I can I can remember it. It's not like seven things to be new, and I'm like, what yeah. no, it's like three yeah. things, like I can remember that. Love, truth, positivity. Yeah. The motto, aspire to inspire before I expire, dude. I don't know where I got that from, but I heard I read that and that stuck with just me, stuck, man. Yeah. It's stuck. And within that, dude, I think there's essentially again, there's three parts to it. Three parts, aspire. This notion of like being better and growing and evolving and transformation, I love that. To then inspire, to then pour it back, give it back, however that looks, you know? And then, cause one day, like I'm gonna be gone. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be like, not negative, but like, that's just the reality of like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and just to know, Whenever, whenever it ends. Yeah. Everybody dies. Everybody dies. Yeah. But that whenever it ends, I was truth. Yeah. I was love. I was positive. You know? And I gave it back. That's the other thing. I gave it back in whatever capacity. And you haven't asked me this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to segue into yeah. it. Yeah. For me, then it doesn't matter what it looks like. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If I'm in the kitchen, you know what I mean? If I'm hanging out with the boys, we're doing a podcast. If we're doing King of Hearts, if we're having for running a workshop, doesn't matter. I'm aspiring to inspire before I expire. Truth, love, and positivity. And as long as you're hitting those points, exactly, you're succeeding. I'm succeeding. Yeah, to me at least, you know. Yeah. And and I and I think for a lot of people, if if they, if they could find whether it's a motto or some words to wrap themselves around, what it looks like after that. Yeah. Fluff. Yeah. details as long as you're having fun yeah well you and i mean? think i think some people get stuck on the specifics mm. right and so i'm very big picture and i love that mm. of having you know i want to hit these three things yep. and it doesn't matter what i'm doing as long as i'm hitting those three things yep. i feel like a lot of times the narrative is i have to be you know a cardiologist who works at yes. this hospital yes. who does this Yes. To be happy or to be successful, right? Totally. Or I have to work at one of the, you know, top top hundred companies, you know, work for an S P five hundred, um, and I have to achieve VP by thirty to be happier, to be successful. Instead of hitting that no, like I wanna be positive, love and what was the last one? Truth, love, positivity. Truth, love, posit positivity. Yeah. And it doesn't matter where I'm at or how long it takes me. As long as I'm doing that, then I'm successful. Okay, so I love that you brought this. I love that. Because this is the thing that I always say. You want to be CEO of a company. Cool. Awesome. Love it. However, the thing for me is the thing that I don't like about that in our culture in this day and age is like, that's who I am. That's Nuke. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, but what about nuke the son the brother you know what i mean yeah the best friend the lover the soccer player the cook the artist like you i'm not just nuke the ceo yeah and i think that can be very confining yes you are an infinite yeah you're an infinite being yeah right and when you pigeonhole yourself to this one thing it's like yeah I think that's a scary place to be because then guess what? If this gets taken from you, yeah. there goes your self-worth, your self-image. 
And, and that is so destructive. Yeah. What you're I say? know what I was going to say is that was one of the biggest things that hit me was mm. realizing that true self-worth and true worth mm-hmm. don't come from external. hundred percent. They have to come from inside. Yep. Because if you assign, you know, all of your self-worth, your entire being to nuke the CEO, yep. that can disappear. And exactly. Then, and then, and then yeah. And then what? Right. And if you have that internal, you know, that internal wealth uh, or uh, self-worth mm-hmm. of no, like, you know, I'm me and that's good enough. Yep. No matter what I'm doing. Exactly. It doesn't matter what happens on the outside because you can't control that. right? Exactly, dude. And yeah. then guess what? Once you know, I'll just say, we'll just say, we'll just say with it, truth, love and positivity. Yeah. Once you embody that, whatever you do coming out of that in the material world, you'll only just manifest abundance. Yeah. Because one, that's true to who you are. And two, it's like, man, like this is this one thing that is a component of nuke. It's yeah. not the whole picture. Yeah. Something else I want to add is I always tell people, figure out what season you're in. Yes. And I you think I, I think I've told you this before. You said that to me a couple Because times, this yeah. is the thing. Right now, single, by the way. <laughs> no, but single, working on these projects, um, you know, I I can afford to have truth, love, and positivity, you know? Enter into the fray a significant other, kids, that's gonna change, and that's okay. And I think sometimes people aren't willing to change and tweak enough. Yeah. Right? They fall in love with the narrative and I have to stick to it. And that's it. Yeah. And that's it, I'm the CEO. No, well, you know, or that's just the way I am. Yeah. No, that's not the way you were created, you know? you. You have a full array. And and I think when you're when you're willing to embody all of that, yes, it can be a lot, but then to me, yo, the playground just got a whole lot bigger. Yeah. And it's not just this rigid pigeonholed thing, right? It's yeah. like I'm all of this, and in all of that, I can be and create and become whoever I want, whoever I need to be in this season. Yeah. And so that's, that's one thing that I've really struggled with hmm. and always struggled with is what is my purpose, right? Mm. Like, mm. like who, who am I? What do I want to achieve? What, what do I want to be? Mm. Um, and there was always so much pressure on that. Yep. And going back to it of, it doesn't have to be, you know, this position or this achievement. Mm -hmm. And so I've really gone all the way back to basic. I'm just going, I'm going to work on being happy. Okay. Right. That's my, right now my purpose is figuring out how to be happy Mm -hmm. and what it takes for me to be happy. I like that. And trying to figure that out. Yeah. Right. And just no pressure on that. And it doesn't have to be anything specific. It's just, if it makes me happy, then it makes me happy and and truly happy. Yes. You know, not a, not a little bump, a surface level happy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, dude, I love that. Yeah. And I, and I can see for, I'm not saying this is you, but I can see for a lot of people sometimes, you know, versus picking something that's rigid, right? CEO. CEO dude already has its own credentials, its own attributes, its own, you see what I'm saying? It's own box. It's own box. Yeah. It's own, well said, it's own box. Yeah. But if you're like, I want to be happy, that's vague. Yeah. That's so vague. For some people, that is scary. Yeah. But I'd rather that. Yeah. Because then at least in, uh, I want to be happy now, guess what? 
how does Nuke want to define being happy? Yeah. And I think for some people that's scary to have to go inside to figure that out. Because sure. CEO is already, it's already manifested itself. It's already yeah. predetermined. I don't have to figure out. I have to figure out anything. I don't that's have to just, go internal. Yeah, that's that's where I'm going. And that, right? that'll make me happy. Exactly. I don't think enough people are willing to go and do the work internally. Yeah. Because that involves you sitting with yourself and be like, what do I believe? What don't I want to believe? What from my past, you know what I mean? Yeah. Makes me think like this. What from my past do I want to hold on to? Yeah. What from my past do I want to hold on to? What to, who do I? You know how much mental energy that takes? Tons. And some people don't want to do that. So guess what? I will be a cardiologist. I know my income. I know what attributes I need to have to have that. I know what that looks like externally. I know what that looks like status-wise, prestige, da 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 Yeah. But if I ask that same person, what, do you, what are your non-negotiables? What do you stand for? Yeah, that's a tough question. It's a tough question. Yeah. And that to me, just to me, it's my own humble opinion, that to me is more scary. Yeah. Because I'm like, if we take cardiology, now what? Yeah. There's nothing else there. There's nothing else there. And I'll look at you and be like, that sucks. And I'll be like, not shame on you, but you have some work to do. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, this is what I tell everybody, if you're not doing the work of becoming better, of doing what makes you happy for yep. you, who is? Yeah. And you can't expect mom, dad, significant other, lover, mistress, the boys. Yeah. To figure that out no. or to do it for you. Only you can do it. Only you can do it. Now, talk to me though about yeah. <laughs> about pressure. Right? Go on, let's so, hear it. pressure on yourself, putting pressure on yourself of, okay, I figured this out. Mm -hmm. um, this is what I want in my life or this is what I think I want in my life, yep. but I haven't achieved it yet or I feel like I should be doing more. Mm. Um, do you ever struggle with that? And then, um, yeah, just talk about talk through it and you know how you go through that. So I think, I think pressure. So what comes to mind right away is just for me, is this this desire to want to be better all the time. Yeah. So that's where my pressure comes from. Am I doing enough of the right things to move me forward? Right. Um, pressure externally doesn't bother me as much. Yeah. And for me, I just have enough boundaries and wherewithal that the people that are speaking into my life have a vested interest in me, whether it's financially, whether it's emotionally, whether it's um, just wanting to see me win. Now, this is twofold, so let's, let me, so I don't write, forget this. Because when it's external, you better make sure the people around you want to see you win for all the right reasons. Right. Yeah. So the example I'll say is like going to the gym. Let's just use the gym. Right. I want to lose ten pounds. I start going to the gym all the time. Whatever, whatever. My mom, who doesn't live here, but she might be like, "You're at the gym a lot. Like, like why? Like, take a rest day or whatever, whatever." But it's like, "Mom, you don't know what I'm working on." Yeah. You know. Yeah. So from her perspective, she's trying to give me, you know, perspective of being like, "Hey, like, take a rest, relax, whatever." Da 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 da. Right. Yeah. But I'm like, "Mom, if I don't lose these ten pounds." I'm not going to become the person that I want to become or feel the way I want to feel. External pressure. Yeah. So making sure that that, whoever's speaking into your life, one knows what you're about, what you're working on, who you want to become. Yeah. Because if not, from their perspective, 
that looks unbalanced or yeah. it's not harmony. Yeah. So that's, that can be one form of pressure if you don't know how to manage that. Yeah. I think, I think right? a big one when that too is the one that's really helped me is having empathy for that person and figuring out mm -hmm. their point of view, mm -hmm. right? It's your mom. Yep. She loves you. She wants what's best for you. Yep. And she's worried that you're going to burn yourself out. 100%. Right? You know, she wants you to make, she wants to make sure that you're happy. And, you know, maybe she doesn't understand being in the gym all the time yep. is being happy, right? Yeah. And so trying to flip that of like, she's doing it out of love. Yes. Right? And some, not, sometimes people aren't, which That's is true fine, too. right? Yep. But like, you know, if you take that approach of like, why is this person telling me? Mm -hmm. you know, That's why close is, to you. Yes. 100%. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then the other side, internally, the whole 10 pound thing, it's like, then, then that question is like, for me is like, okay, like, so why am I doing this? Is this, is this for status? Is this because gals like, girls like boys that, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, am I doing this for like genuine wellness and well being and release of endorphins and da 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 da, you know what I mean? Yeah, that internal pressure. And once again, at the end of the day, I think, the other terms that come to mind is internal, external motivation. Yeah. Right? And just that, that harmony, that ebb and flow of like, and I'll speak for myself, the question is always, am I doing enough of the right things that are going to help me move me to be better? Yeah. To aspire, to inspire, that are truth, love, and positivity. Because then for me, do you like, and I come back to this again, because to me, once you figure out who you are and what you stand for, you just run every decision through that. And yeah. if it doesn't come out, yeah. you don't do it. Yeah. You know? And if you do do it, just know then it's gonna look different than truth, love, and positivity. Yeah. And be okay with that. Yeah. Don't turn around and be like, oh, why is the world doing this? Yeah. It's like, no. You the, made the decision. You made the decision. Yeah. And this is the beautiful consequence of that. However that looks. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Does that answer your question about no, pressure? No, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so just switching up a little bit of something that I know that you're very passionate about is mm. goal setting. Yeah. Right. And you run a lot of, you've run workshops, you've done it for different companies. Mm. I've told you several times, I'm terrible at goal setting. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I yeah. hate it. I don't want to do it. I'm yeah. just bad at it. Right. Yeah. But I think that it's, it's so helpful for so many people and especially you were one of the first people uh, when we actually talked about it, mm. it, it made sense in my mind okay. of like, okay, it's not just like we talked about that rigid. I have these three goals and that's it. That's the end of it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So just talk to me about goal setting, how you approach it. Um, some of the advantages that you've found and that's helped people or yourself. Okay. So I love goals. Why? Because it just gives you a North star, a compass. And once again, let's figure out what season you're in and let's make goals around that. I, I think, and you, you highlighted something really well. A lot of people think goals are so rigid. It has to be this, all or nothing, if not, did it. And I'm like, no, the whole point of the goal was to get you moving so that six months from now, you are further along than if you hadn't, have you had, if you hadn't set the goal. And that's great, it, that, like to me, that's the goal. Yeah. You hitting the goal is the cherry on top. Yeah. And I tell anybody that, that, that I talk to about goals, I hope you don't hit your goal the first time. I really don't. Because what I want and what the universe wants, this is even me, this is me being selfish, what the universe wants from you is to see whether or not you're for real. Yeah. 
That's one. And two, who do you become through all of that? Yeah. And I, I think that's one of the biggest problems with goals and a lot of people <laughs> know that a lot yeah, of people yeah. fall into yeah. is they go, is one either way too extreme, mm -hmm. right? And so it's so far out there that there's no way that they're going to achieve it unless they're absolutely perfect. Yep. And then, you know, they feel down on themselves because, oh, I wasn't perfect for yes. six months straight yes. and there I didn't hit my goal. Um, or losing motivation halfway through of, okay, there's no way that I can hit it now. You know, I'm too far behind or the opposite of making it so easy just as like a little, a little ego boost. Yep. Like I know that I can hit this no matter what. And so I'm just going to do it to tell myself like, good job. I hit a goal, even though I know I actually put in zero extra effort to yeah. get there. Or it didn't stretch you. It didn't grow you. Cause this, this is the thing that again, that I say you can hit every goal that you set. But if when you, but when you put your head on the pillow, if you're not in love with who you are, who you're becoming, who's in your life, that to me is a disconnect. What's the point then of, of hitting every goal? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and to me, that's the shadow side of goals sometimes, right? And you see it a lot. You see it a lot in athletics sometimes that people are hitting these goals and they look great and they got muscles and da 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 da. But it's like then you look at their life outside of that. Yeah. And you're like, it's very one-sided. Yes. You know? And I think, no, I think, I believe goals, you should have goals in every area of your life. Spiritual, physical, mental, cognitive, relationship goals, whatever that means, right? Because again, it's just, it's just setting up a boundary for you, right? So it's like, in the next four months, these are the things I want to accomplish. Okay, so if one of them is saving, let's say I want to save 5K. And you have all the systems in place to save 5K. And then it's like, yo, Jared, dog, we're going to Vegas, you in, it's 5K. Well, you have a decision to make right now. Yeah. And to me, it's, to me, it's easy. Yo, I'm working on this in this season, I'm saving 5K. Little do they know, it's not for Vegas. But the again, the universe wants to see, hey man, are you for real? Yeah. And again, you have the choice to make. Do I take this money that I've saved or that I'm saving and go blow it? Or, hey boys, love you, but I can't do it. Let me know next time. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. There it is. But if you didn't have the goal of saving 5K, hey, hey, we're going to Vegas. Emotional decision. Let's do it. Yay. Yeah. We come back from Vegas and we're like, man, we are worse or we are more. What's the, yeah. We're worse off than we were before we went. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So at least just having a goal just gives you a, a boundary or a safe space to operate in. And guess what? Hey, you know what? That 5K I was saving for, I know what it was for. But hey, let's go to Vegas. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Now guess what? You're not breaking the bank. Yeah. You're not going into debt. You're not going using your credit card. You're not asking mom and dad for money. So do you just, so like for me, I love goals because it just gives you a safe space to to play in. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Um I think, and like to touch on advantages, I think for a lot of people they don't, they don't like goals because it forces you to take ownership over your life. Okay. It forces you to be, it forces you yet to be intentional, to be purposeful, disciplined, dedicated, right? Mm -hmm. And dude, I love goals because my mentality is always this. I'm putting work in when everyone else is playing. Yeah. So then guess what? 
when the crop comes up, don't look at me once and be like, you're lucky. Yeah. God loves you more. The universe, mom and dad money. I don't know. We were putting in work when no one was looking. We were putting in work behind these doors while everyone else was playing PS3 or whatever they're doing out there. Yeah. So don't look right now at the success and the abundance and be like, no. Yeah. Right? And that's what it looks like. Yeah. And most people aren't willing to do that because guess what? That there's not always the lights, the camera on you. Yeah. That's Monday through to Sunday. That's 24 hours a day. Putting in the work when no one's watching. And that's, it's one that's popped up a lot of times just in Instagram with different people that I've mm. seen is there's a lot of work that goes into being an overnight success. <laughs> right? Well said. Right? Well and, said. You know, and then, you know, talking, you know, hearing people, super successful people yeah. talk about, you know, they didn't, you know, they didn't see me for the 10 years before this, yeah. putting in work behind closed doors, you know, all the no's that I got, all the, yes. all the missteps, all the failures that I had, yep. they just see, oh, all of a sudden, you know, they've popped. Yes. Right? And so overnight success. Right? And little do you, and again, this is why I say seasons, Jerry, because this is literally, and this is literally do like when you're planting, right? Yeah. When you're planting seeds, it makes no sense to everybody else. But you're planting seeds, you're putting in work, da 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 da, building, right? Yeah. That's your season. A lot of work, no rest. But then guess what? Once your seeds are ready to go, there's gonna be a time of rest. So now guess what? You can now let that rest and do its thing and have faith and what have you and let it be. Now you can go do something else in your resting season. But then guess what? Come fall, we got a harvest. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We don't neglect this, but you know what I mean? Every once in a while, we're making sure there's no rubble on, on the soil. We're pulling out the weeds. Yeah. You know what I mean? Plants starts coming up. Okay, cool. We make a little bit more room. We trim it, we prune it. Cool. Harvest comes. Okay, back to work. Right? Yeah. And we're back at it. And that's the new season. Then we harvest, right? That's work. Then guess what? Another season of rest. Now it's winter. Right? So again, you gotta figure out your season. Because I'm sure, I'm sure harvest is looking at winter is looking at winter and be like, you're so unbalanced. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? You yeah. you never do any work. Yeah. And winter's doing the exact same thing. All you do is work, you never rest. But, but here's the beautiful dichotomy of that. Because the soil needs time to rest. Yeah. I think that context right? is so important. Right? That's why I always say pick a season. Yeah. But go on, what were we going to say that context is important? Because yeah, well, context is just so important because you could be in the exact same situation in those two different seasons mm -hmm. and you show up completely different or yes. you make a completely different decision. Mm -hmm. And that's not saying that one's right or wrong yep. or one is better for you in that season and one's better for you in the other season, yes. right? It's not, it's not black and white. Mm -hmm. It's not of just, this is the decision you should make all the time. Yep. Yeah. And for some people, dude, that's scary. Yeah. That's a scary place to be. And, 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 and I've been guilty of that, of it having to look a certain way and be a certain way and da 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 da. Yeah. But as I'm learning, it's multiple shades of gray, man. And yeah. get and this is a, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. That's be huge. okay. Be okay with being okay. Yeah. 
right? And sometimes, you know, yes, I'm truth, love, and positivity. But yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. There's some days where I'm like, F being positive, yeah. man. Like, I'm gonna sit here yeah. and play in the mud and feel down on myself. Yeah. But that's me going through being a human. Yeah. Feeling those emotions, right? So that, and this is, this is what I'm learning. Going through those emotions, which then allows me then, on the other end, to be positive and upbeat yeah. and what have you. But I can't always be that if I'm not willing to deal with this. For sure. And I learned that the hard way. Yeah. Because for so long I squashed this. Yeah. And if you don't process this, it will rear its head yeah. one way or the other. You can only shove it, shove it down for so long or you can only you know, tell it to go away for so long until yes. you don't have the strength to hold it back. And it will rear its head. Yeah. And is it, is it, yeah, my boy Andy tells me, like, it's, it's like a soda can, you know? You shake a little bit, okay, it doesn't do anything. It may not explode, but you keep doing that a little bit at a time. Yeah. And if you don't release that pressure, yeah. what do you think is gonna happen? For sure. You know? And something that I want to touch on when it comes to goals, I don't think enough people have enough boundaries around having a pressure valve release. Yeah. What do you mean by that? So when you're going at Mach 10 in this way, yeah. right? Do you have any systems in your life that are your self-care? Yeah. That take the pressure off. Yeah. And this is the challenge I always say to the boys. Can't be the gym. Can't be alcohol. And okay. it can't be drugs. Yeah. Because I know those are the go-to vices. That takes a lot. Right? Yeah, a lot, Vers- of, them, a lot of people's away. Exactly. Yeah. Versus you being like, hey, man, like, and I, and I can say this now, dude, after, after years of going on this work, but dude, I love a, a bubble bath. <laughs> you know what I mean? I love a bubble bath, throw yeah. some Epsom salts in there, you yeah. know what I mean? And just chill. Yeah. You know? And before I would've been like, that's lame, that's fairy, only yeah. girls do that. But I'm yeah. like, yo, <laughs> man, I'm bougie, man. I love yeah. a bubble bath, yeah. you know? Or, you know, or in the summertime, dude, I love going for ice cream by myself. That's cool. Village ice cream. Yeah. Two scoops. Yeah. Waffle cone. One of them is caramel. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but, but I just know, like, in that moment, like, I'm just a kid again. Yeah. Sun is shining. You got an ice cream in your hand. It's like, dude, like, what's there yeah. to be upset about? Yeah. The worries just kind of melt off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For sure. Um, anyway. So just last question here. Quick, Go for Because we're almost out of time. Okay. So what's the next phase of your journey look like? Dude. That's a great question. I don't. I don't know, man. You know, a, a part of me is, uh, and this is where I'm not sure if it's society or not. Okay. Or the pressures of it, but like being in a relationship, you know, or yeah. I feel like it's about that time because I haven't been in one for a while, in a, in a very healthy way. Yeah. But you know, cultivating a relationship, whether that means a family and whatever dynamic, because I would love to have one. However, however, I just don't know if that's an internal versus an external pressure. You see yeah, what I'm saying? For sure. Um, and I would say to go with that would be, you know, just continuing. I would say right now, really, I'm working on rewriting my nervous system. Okay. You know, what does that mean? Just not reverting back to old tape players and patterns. Gotcha. And this is Joe Dispenza now, and I, I have no affiliation with him, but I love his mindset of just like, yo, the minute your body knows how to do it better than your conscious mind, yeah. insert program, mind shut off. Yeah. 
And I'm like, okay, we're not doing that anymore. We are being fully aware of what's going on. And if we think about putting a program, nope, we're gonna do something different. Yeah. Which is a challenge when it comes to talking to a girl, for example. Oh yeah. You know, or yeah. being with the boys or, or, or having to speak my truth a little bit more, be a little bit more, I'm a tourist, be a little bit more bullish, but in a healthy, beautiful way. Yeah. So I would say that's the biggest thing I'm working on, man. Cool. What about you, real quick? Uh, just continuing on, trying to figure my life out and yeah. just trying as many things as I can. Yeah. And like so, this podcast, like which this is podcast. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, like that's just me is trying to take that next step and really step into that unknown and really that, that, uh, uncharted territory that I've never been in my life. Yeah. Um, and because I'd been held back from fear mm. and the big one is I needed to take this step to yeah. even know if I liked it. Totally. Right. And so you That's don't know, beautiful. you don't know until you try. And so right now I'm just really trying to throw myself into as much uncharted territory as possible and figure out if that's actually what I want in my life. So I love that. Yeah. Um, and before we end it, I just want to yeah. commend you for doing, for being willing to do the work because that's a Thank scary you. place to be. Yeah. And uh, just to take this on and to have me on is amazing and I cherish it and I wish you all the best Thank in this sir. podcast series. So. Thank you. Yeah, man. Anything that we didn't get to that you want to you wanna say? <laughs> no, man. I think that's all. And maybe if it comes up, I guess we'll have another podcast session. Yeah. <laughs> Always. <laughs> yeah, man. It's cool. been fun. Thank yeah, you. Man. Thanks so much. No worries. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. It really would mean the world to me if you liked and subscribed to the podcast, as well as leaving a review to let us know what you thought. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.